Welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast with Jacob Ayers, providing actionable content to help you along your journey to financial freedom through real estate investing. As the premier asset class, real estate has helped ordinary people just like you amass fortunes. The benefits of passive income from real estate investing will allow you to live a life you want. And now your host, entrepreneur, real estate investor, and apartment deal syndicator, Jacob Ayers. Hi, and welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Jacob Ayers. Welcome back to this week's episode. I'm so glad to introduce to you today, our guest, Diego Corso. Diego is a sought-after, Forbes-featured millennial entrepreneur living just down the road from me in Austin, Texas. He started working in corporate America like so many others and soon discovered that he was destined for more. After realizing that wasn't quite the way for him, Diego pursued a career in real estate. Now, Diego is a realtor for Keller Williams alongside an incredible team and currently owns multiple properties in Texas and Florida. Diego is on a path to financial freedom and aspires to help others especially millennials just like you become financially free and reach their full potential. So today I'm excited to bring on the podcast, Diego Corzo. Diego, hey, thanks so much for joining us. Very happy to be here, Jacob. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's our pleasure. Well, Diego, I know you have a really unique story, a really cool journey. So kind of tell us a little bit about who you are, your background, and your kind of journey into this whole real estate investing world. I'm 29 years old. I live in Austin, Texas. As you said, and right now, my portfolio consists of um, three properties in the Austin area. I own a couple. I own a quadplex and two duplexes and some single family homes in Jacksonville. Awesome. And I also own uh, six Airbnb units in Tennessee. Now, I started investing. I had to go through a lot of obstacles. But when I was 21 years old, I read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that book basically taught me that there's two ways for people to make money. That is trading your time for money or making your money work for you. So that got me hungry in wanting to learn more. And due to the fact that Robert Kiyosaki talks a lot about real estate in that book, I was like, okay, maybe I need to do more research on that. And that's when I stumbled on the strategy called house hacking because I realized that that was going to be one of the ways for me to buy a home with low money down, get started, see if I like it, and reduce my expenses. Because when I moved to Austin, Texas for my first job to be a software developer, I saw that my biggest expense was housing. So then I asked myself, how could I eliminate it? And that's why I realized that house hacking was going to be the best way to go. And I bought a home here in Austin, Texas by putting down 5% down and bought a four-bedroom home. I lived in the master. I rented the rooms to three other people. And what was great is that my mortgage was $13.50 and the rent that I was getting from my roommates was $16.50. So I had an extra 300 bucks and my car payment was around 300 bucks. So then- I was living for free and my car payment was getting paid by other people. So that gave me a form of 
realizing that if I can get all my expenses paid by other people, I can be financially free, financially independent. And fast forward a couple of years later, I was able to quit my job and grow my portfolio by starting off with a house hacking strategy. Well, Diego, it sounds like you were just this lucky guy and, you know, just had a silver spoon in your mouth and we're a software developer. So, you know, probably the listeners should shut off right now and tune out because they're not that person, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about like your journey getting up to that point, Diego. And, you know, yeah, you have a really unique story. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. So for some people, right, it's like, okay, I'm 29 years old. I own like over 10 properties, financially independent, quit corporate America. It sounds great right? All my expenses right now get paid by other people. But life wasn't always this way. And even now I face a few obstacles. I am what Congress calls a dreamer. So what people may see in the news or have heard, I am part of the DACA program, which means that I was brought here to the United States as a kid from Lima, Peru. We came here with a visa legally, and then we overstayed our visa. So then I became undocumented. And as a kid, I really didn't, like, it didn't really hit me until I turned 16 years old when it was my turn to go to the DNV. I mm-hmm. gave them all the documents, and they said that because of my status, I couldn't get it. Fast forward, that was like the first challenge that I knew that my life was going to a bit more challenging than my friends, but I decided to put all my emphasis in school. I graduated third in my high school class. Everything was going great. And then I found out that in the university in Florida, I couldn't qualify for any student loans or financial aid. So then I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? I graduated third in my class. Like all my friends, there was so much potential of like help that I could get from scholarships, but they required me to be an American like to to either have a green card or be American. So I got denied a few scholarships that I won. And then I go to college and I'm like, okay, even though I can't get the financial aid, I'll be able to have a job. And then I found out that I also cannot work because I don't have work authorization. So I'm like, holy crap, I cannot drive. I cannot work. I can't get student loans. But I managed to create my own LLC. I found an opportunity there. And that's how I was able to pay for college. I began doing websites for small businesses, for nonprofits. And fast forward, while fast forward to 2012, Obama passes the executive order called DACA that will allow dreamers like me to be able to work and drive legally. And that gave me sort of like, it evened out the opportunities, but I still have, even till now, a few obstacles. And for example, to buy my first house hack, I had to go, I probably had to speak with like 12 different loan officers. I went through a lot of no's. I mean, I rode my bike for years because I couldn't drive, I couldn't do anything. But I knew that I had big goals and I know that the US is the land of opportunity, but it is up to us to find it. And I have that mindset and the resilience that like no matter what, we're blessed to be in this country and there's an opportunity there for everybody. We just have to work hard enough. Yeah, Diego, that's so awesome. And as a side note, I watched your TED talk this morning. And for the listeners that haven't listened to that, I highly recommend you go check that out. We'll link it in the show notes. But I learned so much more about your background and your story and just seeing the challenges that you've faced and the hurdles you've overcome. It's really inspiring to anybody out there thinking like, 
oh, well, you know, I've got this minor roadblock or I live in an expensive market or, you know, I don't earn a very high salary and I have a hard time saving up for a down payment. I mean, you've experienced so many challenges and you've continued to pursue and overcome those. And I think it's really inspiring for the listeners out there. So that's really Thank great. You. I just wanted to kind of pull that information from your background to lay some context for what you've been able to accomplish so far. So you make it through school, you graduate, you're a software developer, you move to Austin, Texas, quite a hot market. Tell us about how you managed to get that very first house hacking deal and, and the details of that deal. Yeah. So one, I feel like investing in Austin, right? It is a hot market, but no matter what, you have to find your, your, like your unfair advantage, your competitive advantage. Okay, There's yeah. always a way, right? But at some points, it comes with a sacrifice because right now there is Austin, it is a hot market and it's been growing through the years. So when I started house hacking, I realized that for me, the best way to maximize for my first one was to buy a single family home. So that's when I bought a home putting 5% down. The property was 170. Right now, the property is probably worth 220, 225, which is awesome. Love that appreciation. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't buy it for appreciation. I bought it for the cash flow and the opportunities that it would get me in the future, right? Because due to the fact that I didn't get student loans, right now it, it's a blessing in disguise because back then, I mean, I had to work so hard to be able to graduate with two degrees in less than four years and still be able to get good grades and work. Yeah. So by realizing that I could eliminate my housing expenses, I could get financial freedom, right? And that's why with house hacking, with buying that first property was very important to be able that I knew that if this first property will work, then I can replicate the process because I could move out of this first property buy a second home, continue living with roommates, and but put somebody in the master and then cash flow a lot more. Yeah. Right? Because if I'm cash flowing 300 bucks while I'm living there, and then I put somebody in the master for 700 bucks, now I'm grossing cash flow a thousand before other expenses, let's say. But then I can replicate the process in another home and do it again and again. So that's what gave me that advantage. That's awesome, Diego. Real quick question. How did you qualify for the loan for that very first property? Yes. Yeah, so it is a regular 5% conventional loan. Mm -hmm. I spoke with a bunch of like banks and lenders all over Austin, but they said that due to my immigration status, I couldn't qualify. But it wasn't until like I found one that did. And he told me, you can't qualify for FHA, but we can qualify you for conventional. And that's what I did. That's fantastic, Dig. I mean, like most people would have stopped there, right? I mean, you go talk to one lender, maybe two, maybe three, if you're really persistent, you know, you've talked to, I imagine, you know, maybe more than a dozen lenders yeah. just to get to that yes, right? So yeah, it's no after sure. no after no. And you just kind of found a way to eventually make that happen. Yeah. So you find this house hacking strategy, which is a phenomenal way for people to get started investing in real estate. Buy a house, run out the other rooms and you know, possibly live for free or make a little money like you were doing. So mm -hmm. great model. You decide, I'm going to rinse and repeat this and go do it again. What did that next step look like for you? Yeah. So the next step was I bought another home. But this time too, I had a buddy who said, Diego, if these numbers are working, let me get on it too. So we actually bought not just 
So I bought another home for me, but then we began to buy investment properties too, putting mm-hmm. 20% down and renting them out by the room. Okay. That gave us the opportunity to be able, so due to the fact that by this time I'm working in corporate America, I'm living for free. And I also became a realtor because I'm the kind of person that I just can't work a nine to five and then go home and watch TV. I needed to do something else. And because I knew what my goals were, right? I knew that I wanted to invest in real estate. I was like, what better way to have a side hustle of becoming a realtor and help people out in my free time Mm -hmm. while trying to learn the market because I didn't know anybody here. Yeah, it was like when I moved to Austin, it was the first time I've been to Austin. I didn't know anybody. So becoming a realtor was a great first step. By doing that, we were able to buy a couple of homes and I was getting some income. And because I live for free, I was able to save a lot of money. And then I was able to partner up with my buddy. We would go 50-50 first or his dad will put up the money and then we will pay him back. I will pay him back to 50-50 partners. But it was a partnership that we did and it worked out great for a few years. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you mentioned having that competitive advantage, that unfair advantage. What was yours in the Austin market? Was it just being there, local presence? Was it being a real estate agent? Was it just Mm -hmm. having the tenacity to go out and hustle for deals? Yeah, it was having the understanding that if I could buy a single family home, it was going to cost me, I wasn't going to get the 1% rule that a lot of people want. And in yes. Austin, you after 2014, 2015, the 1% rule doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, right. Um, but that doesn't mean that you cannot buy a four-bedroom home that if you were renting it to a family, it might rent out for like 1800 When you rent out by the rooms, you can get maybe like 20, 2800 right? So that became the competitive advantage for me. That unfair advantage is that I was able to hustle a little bit more to rent out by the rooms, to find the tenants, find the roommates. And by having that hustle, it allowed me to, because at the end of the day, right, you're like, hey, I want this to be as passive as possible. I'm in my twenties. I can hustle. I can work. Have some roommates, um, right? Like, you know, make that sacrifice. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like you put a family there, and but because you might have a roommate that moves in and after six months, his lease ends and he moves out. So you might have a room empty and you have to do a little bit more, more work. So it does require more work to manage it, but the rewards are higher, especially in the market in Austin. Yeah. So that has been, for me, was my competitive advantage and I'm still doing it. Yeah, that's great. So tell us a little bit about now, like what your future goals are. And you know, you're continuing to scale, doing some different stuff, got some properties in Austin, have some properties in Florida, some Airbnbs I didn't realize in Tennessee. So tell us, you know, what your strategy is. Is it just continuing doing house hack after house hack? What's Mm -hmm. it look like for you? Yeah. So for example, right now, as we're filming this, it is January. I am under contract with a builder here in Austin. I'm buying a DR Horton home four bedrooms and I'm going to be renting them out by the rooms again. What's great about that is I'm going to buy it putting 10% down and I'm going to live in it for like six months to a year, put the utilities in my name, and then I'm going to move out. But that will be another house hack. It has three bathrooms, three full bathrooms, which is awesome. So I'm buying that house hack this year. And then 
with an investor that I helped buy homes here in Austin. He was buying properties in Tennessee doing Airbnb. And after 10 properties that he bought, he's like, Diego, I ran out of cash. I know you're an investor. Do you have some cash? We can partner up. This is the way that I work. I'm a super host. I'm like, awesome. Let's do this. So I built a partnership with him. We have our own LLC. And the goal this year is to buy probably two more Airbnbs. And in Florida, what I'm doing is, so it's a unique situation. I learned, right? Because I was brand new to this too. But I bought homes in Jacksonville because my brother's a wholesaler over there. That is my more long-term strategy because the house hacking, it requires a bit more work. The ones in Jacksonville was more, okay, I'll put a family there, property manager, be good to go. What happened was I bought in a C minus area where the numbers look really good on paper. But then once you have one or two evictions and they left the house a mess, you have to pay for repainting and all this other stuff. Fortunately, the homes have doubled in price. So I bought homes for like 25K, 27K, and now I'm getting rid of them so that I can, for now, I'm going to be doing some hard money lending. Mm -hmm. And so I'm selling those and seeing what that takes me next. In the future, I want to invest more into syndications. Yeah, great. With this house hacking strategy and the Airbnb, what do you see like the future looking like there? I mean, we're kind of more and more transitioning to, you know, the renter mentality and the, mm-hmm. the ride share and the, you know, the vacation rentals and all that good stuff. Tell us, you know, what you kind of foresee there. Yeah. I mean, I think that especially with the house hacking, most of my tenants are millennials and they're mm-hmm. okay, especially here in Austin where the rent now for a one bedroom apartment is like 1200 1300 And in really nice areas, it can go up to 2000 2200 So by me giving them the opportunity to be able to rent a room for $650, $700, I feel like more people are wanting to do that, especially with Austin being a city that people move here for new jobs. So they will like to live in a place for six months, see what areas they really like. And then if they want to, they can find an apartment. But in the beginning, I'm capitalizing on the fact that people are moving to Austin. They want to live somewhere cheaply, less expensive while they get to know the city and then make a decision on what they want to do. So capitalizing on that in Austin and then on the Airbnb, I feel like there's a lot of potential there. And depending, I consider it, so there's people too that are doing the Airbnb where they rent a place and then they Airbnb it. Yes. So it's really like solid cash flow. We're not doing that. We are building equity too. And that is going to be the strategy that I'm going to continue doing as part of my portfolio. It's not just one thing. I'm diversifying, right? So like, for example, I don't invest much in the stock market, but I diversify my portfolio in real estate in various areas with various strategies, just in case. I love it. Diego, do you think the success you've had is replicable by you know, most of the people listening in right here? It is. They just need a couple of things, which is the mindset, taking action, and then you have to surround yourself with the right people. If you do that, it is totally doable to replicate this process. I absolutely love that last piece, Diego, surrounding yourself with the right people, right? Because it's easy to come home, you know, 
work on your mindset, read some books, you know, take action, analyze deals. But really, I think the fuel to that fire is being around people who are doing that same thing, right? Because it can be mm-hmm. so easy to get dragged to happy hour, you know, go do this or take this trip with your friends or whatever it might look like. But if you're around mm-hmm. people who are kind of bringing you up, doing the same thing you are, have that common goal, that's where really the kind of the magic happens. So talk to exactly. that piece a little bit more. Yes, for sure. So funny enough, the place, so I met you at a GoBundance event. Yes. And at that GoBundance, when I was 23 years old, I found myself in a room just like the one that you were. Yeah. But it was an event. It was like a four-day event. And I was one of the only ones that wasn't a millionaire. And back then, I was 23. I owned two properties at that time. My net worth was 25K. And everybody's sharing, okay, my net worth is 10 million, 5 million, 40 million, one guy. And, a really intimidating uh, environment, right? Really intimidating. <laughs> and they come to me and I'm like, my name is Diego. My net worth is 25,000. And they were like, who let this kid in? Why is he here? <laughs> but after the five-day event, I played full out. I told them my story and they knew that if I was able to achieve what I've been able to do with all the circumstances that I've had to go through, yeah. that fast forward a few years later, they knew that if I took action, I could be successful and they wanted to become my mentors. So I said yes. And that has been my peer group. They have been my tribe. And I know that without them, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. But they did give me sort of, I was able to capitalize on all of their experience so that any mistakes that they may have done, I didn't have to go through it. And just being there for me to ask them questions and just talk about different strategies and taking sort of like that fear factor away. Because when I was talking to them, a lot of them started through house hacking. They said, yeah, I bought a room with some roommates. And then from there, I bought my other one and my other one and boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, well, I'm doing the same thing. So they sort of have set the example for me. But a lot of it comes with the conversations that they're having, the accountability and the standards that they have. Because we like the standards that our standards right now are because of the standards in our tribe, in our peer group, with our friends. If your standard is completely normal to go work a nine-to-five job and then go to happy hour and then complain or watch TV, then that's going to be the standard with all of your friends. But the standard here with this group is becoming financially independent, investing for passive income, creating a business and being a millionaire not just in wealth, but in all areas of life. So in health, relationships, adventure, wealth, right? So by having that mindset, that has become the norm. And that's where my focus goes. That's awesome, Diego. I couldn't agree more with you. The folks over at GoBundance, I mean, they will elevate your mindset from day one. And I experienced some of that. So really good stuff. What have you done kind of up to this point, Diego, to kind of Talking about that mindset piece, what uh-huh. kind of resource have you invested in? What kind of books, podcasts, that kind of stuff? What, how have you kind of developed the mindset you have? Yeah, one of the things that had the guys in GoBundance told me, they said to go to Tony Robbins. They said they highly recommended oh, yeah, U- okay. UPW. So in 2014, I went to Unleash the Power Within. In 2016, I did Hey with Destiny. And that was also an amazing event too. 
I've invested a lot in myself to going to events all over the U.S. that not just have to do with real estate, but with accountability and goals and having the right conversations for people that want to share their story, right? And show you that there is a way. But here's the thing, right? Investing in yourself with reading the right books, like Think and Grow Rich, Rich That Poor That, going to events and also hearing the podcast, right? The one that I highly recommend is The Rich Life by Pat Aitchison. And that podcast is awesome. But if you just listen and take in all this knowledge, but you don't execute, it just becomes entertainment. And it's the same thing as if you could have just watched Hulu for five days straight because you're not taking action. Sure, you have the knowledge, but you're not going to see any results. You're just going to feel smart, but that doesn't really help you. That doesn't really grow your net worth or help you out in any way. So I always tell people, invest in yourself, invest in going to events, read the right books, but then take action on at least one thing. I love that. Yeah, you're so right there with the action piece, right? You can learn all day long, but if you don't apply it, then right, you could have just spent five days watching Hulu and it'd be the same. I like to call it this learn-do ratio, right? You have to learn a little bit in order to do, but you also have to do in order to make that learning you know, worthwhile, right? So Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's all about you executing and taking action on the stuff that you did learn. And because a lot of people, they have a fear and they let that fear give them that analysis paralysis for not taking action. And they think that by getting education again and again and again and again, that it's a way for them to take action, but it's not really because you're not seeing any results. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Diego, you've certainly achieved success at such a young age. You're financially free before your 30s, which is a huge accomplishment. I mean, I mean that is so great. Go, looking forward for you, what does the future look like? What are your goals? What do you aspire to do from here on out? Yeah, so this last year, 2019, was amazing. I'm still a full-time realtor, right? So I'm still out there. I work every single day and stuff. Uh, last <laughs> year, I sold. 33 homes by myself. And then between me and my business partner, overall, we sold around 85. So it was an amazing year. And this year in 2020, I'm going to be doing a bit of work on a new brand called Rat Race to Fi, to FI, which is basically educating people that may feel like they're stuck in the rat race and helping them achieve financial independence. I feel like it's totally doable. They just need to have the right mindset, take the action and surround themselves with like-minded people. So we're doing a lot of education to like share what our knowledge has been so that they don't have to do the same mistakes, doing videos on YouTube. So all of that will be coming in 2020 and I'm very excited for that. Yeah, so that's rat race to FI, FI being financial independence, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, that's a great opportunity for people who are maybe looking to get into real estate investing, kind of get that base level of knowledge and most importantly, take action, right? Exactly, exactly. And at the end of the day is giving them a community where they know that they're not alone, that we can also hold them accountable and be able to achieve their goals. Yeah, I love it. Well, Diego, hey, it's been a lot of fun. As we're wrapping up here, let's end with a lightning round, just a series of questions we'd like to fire at you. Are you up for it? Let's do it. 
the first question is, what was your biggest hurdle getting started investing in real estate? I know you had many. And then Mm -hmm. what did you do to overcome that? Yeah, my biggest hurdle was finding the right bank that would lend to me due to my situation with DACA. And what I did is I just didn't take no for an answer and continued talking to other lenders, talking to other lenders until I found the right one. Absolutely love that. Don't take no for an answer. Just a good philosophy to take through with all things, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Diego, do you have a personal habit that contributes to your success? Personal habit, I like to go to at least two or three events a year to whether it is with Guys in Go Abundance, whether it's a Tony Robbins event, a nonprofit for One Life Fully Live. So I like to invest in myself. And that is the habit that I think has helped me the most, which is just investing in myself to put myself in rooms where sometimes I might feel intimidated. Um, (laughs) That's a good habit to have. Yeah, sure. Diego, do you have an online resource you find valuable in your day-to-day? Online resource on my day-to-day? I mean, let's see, like an app or like- like uh, an app, a website, news articles, anything like that? Yeah. For me, being able to have a lot of stuff in the cloud. Mm -hmm. So I use Dropbox. Yeah, okay. That app has allowed me to basically, when I was a realtor, I was doing everything by myself. But by using Dropbox, I was able to hire a VA in the Philippines. This is back in 2015. I would do a video, record my screen, and they wrote all of the procedures for me so that when I hired somebody here in Austin to be my assistant, he already had all the procedures and knew all of the steps. So Dropbox was one of the things that I use every day because it allows me to communicate if I hire somebody outside of my area to have them do work for me. Yeah, great. Dropbox. So we'll link that in the show notes. You know, it's just another cloud sharing service, kind of like Google Drive or Dropbox. There's many of them out there. I've used it. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. Allows you to kind of live your life on the go, right? Everything's at your fingertips, whether on your phone, your computer. So it makes life so much easier. Definitely. Yeah. Well, Diego, do you have a favorite book you would recommend to the listeners and why? Yeah, I would say the best book for me is Rich Dad, Poor Dad, because that one, even though it doesn't tell you what to do, it just changes your mindset. Yeah. And that for me was very important back when I read it when I was 20 or 21. I love that. Yeah, same here. It's a great book. If the listeners haven't picked it up yet, I mean, you've heard it recommended over and over on the show. Definitely go do it. We'll link it in the show notes. It's a great philosophy kind of mindset book. So absolutely. Diego, last question. In our lightning round, if you're to go back and give advice to your 20-year-old self to get started investing in real estate, what would you tell yourself? I would tell people to don't focus on getting your first deal by hitting a home run. I would say just get to first base and take action and learn from that. Because once you get to first base, you can get to second base, third base, and sooner or later, you will be hitting home runs. I love it. That's really great advice. I mean, I really like that. You don't have to wait for that perfect deal, right? Because chances are it's never going to come around. Just get in the game, get started, take that action. And soon enough, you'll really become an accomplished real estate investor. That's the goal. Awesome. Diego, hey man, it's been so much fun having you on. Your journey is truly inspiring to so many out there. I find it fascinating. Like just talking with you fires me up. 
you know, if people want to learn more about you, connect with you, reach out to you, where's the best place for them to do that? Yeah, the best place is going to be to go to diegocorzo.com or ratrace2fi.com. They can send me an email at info at diegocorzo.com. And Instagram has been a great tool for me. That is also a great app to connect. (laughs) Um, I've gotten so many people that have reached out just through Instagram. So it's at Real Diego Corzo. Got it. Okay. So that's diegocorzo.com, ratrace to fi.com. We'll link your social media profiles in the show notes for audience members want to reach out to you. Diego Corzo, before we wrap up, any parting piece of advice you'd like to leave with the audience members? Any parting piece of advice? I would say be happy with the life that you have as you build the life of your dreams. That's something that I learned from Hal Elrod. I love it. Diego Corzo, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a blast talking with you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, Diego. All right, that wraps up this week's episode with our guest, Diego Corso. Hey, what an inspiring story Diego had to share with us. I really hope you found something in his story and his journey valuable and inspires you to go out there and take action. It just goes to show if there is a will, there is a way. So, hey, for all of those resources we mentioned in the show today, you can find those in the show notes. As always, for more information, resources, and to connect with me, you can do so at www.jacobayers.com. Till next week, engineer the lifestyle you want. You've been listening to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, providing you actionable content to build your real estate empire. Nothing on this show should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for personal advice. The opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have a potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom, LLC, exclusively.